0: Good to see y'all here tonight, midweek service night, so stand with me if you would as we sing our first song, Living by Faith, page 34. Lift it up tonight as we sing. I care not today what the morrow may bring, if shadow or sunshine or rain, the Lord. Lost close to my side, living by faith in Jesus above. message on that song. Page 42 now. Saved by the blood. Singing, you may be seated. Brother Brian Sellers, would you open us tonight word prayer, please? Brother Brian. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this afternoon to be in your house. We pray and ask that God you be with the back of us to bless that time together and uh, watch over them, Lord, and be in prayer. God, we pray that you be with all the prayer requests that's fixing to be mentioned, Lord, and you, that you just be uh, with each and every one that's mentioned on the prayer list, Lord. And we thank you for the Pastor Nim being back safely. I ask God that you bless the message tonight, open our hearts and our ears.
1: Amen. Oh. All righty. Well, good evening, everyone. Good to have you all out tonight. Glad to be back with the Wannas and having the buses going. Tonight we had 30 tonight on the bus, so we're thanking the Lord for that. Uh, a couple of things to acknowledge here from this week. Uh, I just was talking with the Regnier's back at the back, but the Larry's had cataract surgery done on both eyes and uh, both have gone well from what they've seen so we're praising the Lord for that that they helped him out there and then uh, also glad to share with you brother Lynn meant to mention this Sunday night and just it slipped his mind but uh, he was going in Monday for a follow-up he had a couple of cancerous spots on his head sometime back they observed and they did a biopsy and found out it was like a very small like a level zero uh, situation Uh, but there would be a follow-up surgery just to remove anything that might be remaining. And so that was going to be on Monday. He got down there, went into surgery, and they found out that what they had done back during the original biopsy actually took care of all of it. And so uh, there's still a little bit of things that he's working through, but nothing of great concern. And he's just praising the Lord that uh, things look good there. So uh, if you knew about it and you're praying, thank you for doing that. Just pray for him as he's finishing some things up. And then uh, I've got a neat blessing testimony to share with you so as you know Sunday night the storms were going and uh, my wife comes in about 1015 and shares that the tornado sirens are going off which I couldn't hear and uh, we're deliberating on whether or not to wake the kids up and get them into our little hidey hole closet and decided after a little while we better probably do that and uh, I'm so thankful we did so we got in there all six of us crammed into a little bitty closet not, not much bigger than this pulpit And a great Dane right outside the door wanting to get in with us. And uh, of course, the kids are all different emotions, but uh, our daughter Wendy is four, and she is crying. And we asked her what was going on, and of course, she's scared about the weather. And she says that she's afraid a tornado is going to come and squish our house and squish us. And she's like, Daddy, you'll get to go to heaven, and Mommy, you'll get to go to heaven, and Evelyn will get to, and Jonathan will get to, and I have to go to jail with Satan. And she's got a big old pouty lip. And I was like, well, what's wrong with that? And she said, I don't want to go to hell. He's a mean guy. And so, um, so I said, well, what are we going to do about that? And she says, well, I want to get saved, but we don't ever have time. And Talk about convicting. You don't have time. And so, so well, we got time right now. And so we took some time. And uh, praise God, Wendy is not going to have to go to jail with Satan. So we're thankful. I don't know what the storm did, but I know what it did in our home. And it's odd sarah was telling me monday morning we were talking about it we've had two tornadoes change our lives uh if you don't know our family got hit by the may 20th 2013 tornado down in may or in uh more and uh central was very kind and uh helped us out through a difficult time and through that we saw god do just amazing things opened so many doors of opportunity for sarah and i just getting married 5 months in 8 days living in the house and uh so that one started to change in our life and this one had a big impact too so i don't i don't want any more but i do have one more daughter that needs to get saved so i praise the lord for how he can use even the weather he can say peace be still or he can stir up the emotions of our heart and get us right with him so we're thankful for what he's doing and uh... wendy's a student so i counted as a cba salvation so i think she's number thirteen for the year and uh... i got to share that with our uh... curriculum representative monday he shared a testimony back in september with us that was just a little salvation illustration we had three or four kids that were here after school one day he got done with his meeting and shared it with them and a couple of them said they'd like to get saved so i followed up with them and that was our first one back in the fall and so when i told him that we've had thirteen or twelve since then he was floored and uh, i'm still floored and i get to see it every day so Praise God. He's, he's a good God. So so those are the, the praises on the list. I've got a couple of uh, prayer requests. Uh, if we could pray for Dylan Skarkey, Miss Tina's son. She's just asking for some unspoken prayer for him. And so pray for Dylan. And then also, uh, I mentioned last week, uh, Miss Beth Kreeble's, uh father. He was in a car accident, and he has passed away. His funeral is this Friday. So if you could pray for the Krebels as they go through that loss. Uh, also, late Sunday night after service, um, we found out as a staff that brother a uh, longtime member brother melvin stone uh he uh, has been fighting a lot of different uh ailments and he 's ninety one and he passed away monday night and so uh, long long time member i don 't know probably forty years at least, and uh just a really neat old guy but anyhow, pray for the stone family uh as they're they're dealing with that but i'm i 'm thankful for him he 's with his wife now and not having to suffer, so pray for the stones. Uh, Brother Lynn asked me to clear something up. Sunday he mentioned that Don Howarth was going in, had some heart issues, Uh, that was a mistake. It was actually uh, Brother Don Loney that we've already been praying for. Uh, He is having a surgery tomorrow, a heart surgery tomorrow. So that we know of, Brother Don Howarth is is okay, Uh, but do continue to pray for Brother Don Loney as he is uh, going in tomorrow morning. And then uh, Miss Debbie Denton had a procedure done here beginning of the week. Things look to be going okay on recovery there. So pray for her. And then uh, just pray for Brother Ralph Mangrum. Uh, got got some news today that wasn't all that encouraging. So I'm not sure if can we share. Uh, so he got news that uh, he has cancer. I don't know to to what extent or where or anything like that. But uh, Brother Ralph, knowing him, he's a servant. He's in working with the Sparkies right now. But uh, he's been dealing with some face pain, and I don't know if this is connected to it, but just pray for Brother Ralph uh, as he got that news uh, today. So those are the ones I've got turned in, and uh, if anybody has any from the floor, we'll start over here and, and take them. Anybody have a praise or prayer request? Ms. Pam? No? Okay. Uh, Ms. Debbie? Say again. You have a new grandkid? Okay. Okay. Praise the Lord. So, uh, Miss Debbie Benford has a new grandkid. Niece. Oh, new new niece. Never mind. New new niece. Debbie, <laughs> you still get to spoil them and send them home at the end of the night. So that's not not too bad. New niece, very cool. Well, congratulations. Okay. Anybody else over here, this side? All right. Uh, okay. Over here, left center. Anybody got a praise or a prayer request? Veronica? Yes, my aunt that we were praying for last week we found out that she was not helpful. Okay. But she still does have to go on to surgery for a couple of weeks because
2: they did have like a half day, so it's not canceled.
1: And that's your nephew? Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Leland. Okay. And then your aunt's name? Veronica Monroe's got three. She's got some family coming in from up north. So prayers for their traveling. Uh, She's got a nephew, Leland, that they found out he has cerebral palsy as well as a few other things. And uh, so we need to be praying for uh, Leland. And then also her aunt, she mentioned last week, um, had colon cancer. Uh, Her name is Melody. Uh, They actually found out it's not cancer. So uh, praise there, but there are some future uh, appointments and surgeries coming. So, pray for Melody. Uh, praise the Lord. No, no surgery or uh, no cancer, but upcoming surgery. Family traveling and Leland. Okay. Anybody else? All right. Okay. All right. Coming over this way. Anybody? Uh, yep. Yeah, Miss Francis. Okay, pray for the Francis is traveling down to Houston. Uh yep, yeah, right right behind you, Miss Trussell. I I asked prayer my cousin Brett. I, I put him on a prayer page, but he's um <coughs> had a surgery, They repaired his that put two plates in it that he was involved in a farming accident. And um the the recovery now is really hard. So, uh, Sherry Trussell's brother, Brett, had an accident uh, riding his horse and long road of recovery there in, in a wheelchair for a couple of months. So, pray for Brett if you could. Okay, anybody else back here? Miss Ann? pray for miss uh, anna's got an aunt uh, dealing with quite a bit there so let's pray for her and then G- brother gordon wright uh new member here hasn't been in a while because of a lot of different health things and so let's keep praying for him he's trying to get here uh, anybody else up this way oh miss lois So pray for Miss Lois's daughter in law Anna Brown in the hospital in Tulsa for a week and still unsure as to what's leading to her visit. So pray for Miss Anna. Okay, anybody over here far far wing, Becky? Um praise request or praise. We had our fourth grandbaby yesterday. Okay, so the Gillespie's are grandparents times four now, and everything seems good, and then just an unspoken for the Gillespie's. So very good. Glad to hear that. Anybody else over here? Uh, Miss Cindy? Bill Dewey? Okay. All right, so pray for Brother Bill Dewey, if you could. All right. Yeah, Miss Kristen? Okay. Any others unspoken tonight? Well, wow, quite a few. Okay. As you can tell, we have our pastor back. We're glad to have him. He's gotten to do quite a bit of preaching and also some fellowship and just hopefully some downtime. And so traveling around, representing this ministry and just uh, what the Lord's doing. And I uh, got to watch a few minutes of his service from Sunday and it looked really good. I've got to hear the rest of it later tonight. But so thankful to have a pastor that's in demand and is being used, but he, he shared there like he's been here that you want to be where God's at work and he's definitely at work here. So let's just go ahead and take a moment to pray and ask him to continue to work and to help us through this week and and uh, then we'll continue in the service. So God in heaven, we do want to say thank you, Lord, for the work that you're doing in each life. Thank you for those that you've called Uh, Lord, to salvation in the last days, Lord, so exciting to see, Lord, the labor of of so many trying to invest and share the gospel, Lord, uh, being paid off with uh, the fruit of salvation, Lord, and just thankful for uh, how that you have um, just helped even the number of guests and visitors and new members to be on the rise here this year, Lord, I know it's not necessarily the case in every church, but we are just thankful to be uh, where you're at work right now and pray that that would continue. And thank you for Wendy getting saved. Thank you that, Lord, we got good news about Brother Lynn and his procedure uh, not being what it looked like it could be. And so pray that recovery there is is good, Lord. We thank you for for Larry Regnier and just the, the good news on his eyes and that things look to be Going well, and just pray that that continues to be the case, and pray for Miss uh, Debbie Benford's uh, niece, uh, Lord, that was just born. Just pray that her uh, life is healthy, and pray that as a as a young child, that she can turn her faith over to you, and that Miss Debbie can even be a positive testimony and influence in her life. Lord, we thank you that Veronica's aunt Melody uh, got news that what they thought was cancer was not, and just pray that you would help her to rejoice in that, Lord, and then just to find hope in it. And then God, as upcoming procedures come about, Lord, would you just uh, allow good um, uh, good news to come from those as well, that they'd be effective and that she would get fully recovered. God, we thank you for the bees, Lord, what a blessing they are in our church and just their service through the years in so many different areas. Lord, has definitely set a, a positive example to us all, and I just pray that. You would uh, work in their life. They have it unspoken now, and many others tonight do as well. And God, just pray that you would uh, provide encouragement and direction to those that need it. And then God, just thank you for the Gillespie's reporting uh, grandbaby number four's birth. And just pray that that life brings you uh, honor and pray that the Gillespie's are able to be a positive influence in the life and just uh, point that little uh, child to you and that they get saved. God, we want to pray for these that have lost loved ones this week, uh, the Creebles with the loss of Miss uh, Beth's uh, dad. And uh, Lord, just pray that you would encourage the family, help the family to find peace and grace as they uh, look to you and lean on you and help the church to be there to support and for the stones, Lord, and the passing of Brother Melvin, Lord, a, a hard journey that he's fought for a long time, Lord, and especially these last several years without his wife and Lord, I know that he's rejoicing to be with her, but obviously there's family left behind that, uh, Lord, misses him. And, uh, Lord, I just pray that you'd encourage those of us that are down about it, and, Lord, just help us to look forward to the day that we can reunite, Lord, and pray for Dylan Skarkey that you would just uh, bless that situation in his life, for Veronica's family, as she's mentioned them coming in for a visit this week. I just pray that things go well on their trip, the Francis's is they're also traveling to Houston. Just pray that everything is clear in front of them and they're able to go and enjoy some time away. Lord, pray for this uh, uh, nephew of Mrs. Trussell, Lord Brett, who's had this accident with his horse and just has a long journey ahead of him of recovery. Just pray that you would uh, allow things to go as good as can be and that he would be compliant with the doctor's requests and that they're... um, the end. The end would be good, and soon. And pray that, Lord, if He doesn't know you, that God through this time of limitation, that He might turn His attention to you and, and realize the great God that you are. And God, pray for Brother Bill Dewey and whatever's going on in his world. That Lord, you would be pleased. And uh, God, pray for Brother Don Loney as he's going in for surgery first thing tomorrow. Just pray that the results of that are positive. Uh, for Brother Ralph Mangrum, Lord, just a great servant and leader in our church, Lord. That's been dealing with a battle with uh, some facial pain and now with the news of cancer, just pray that you would bring encouragement there, that uh, treatment would fully take care of it and that it would uh, be a short, uh, a short part of his story, Lord, and thank you for Miss Debbie Denton's procedure going well and just pray that recovery is the same and for Leland, uh, Veronica's ne- uh, me, nephew that's dealing with cerebral palsy, Lord, and just a long journey there pray that you would give grace and, and uh, help to the family as they try to help him. For Brother Gordon Wright, Lord, what a sweet man and a faithful man, Lord, that wants to be here and just isn't able. I pray that his health would improve and that he could make it even out this Sunday. And then, Lord, for uh, Anna Brown, Lord, uh, in the hospital, unsure as to why, pray, Lord, that you would uh, just give doctors just, uh, discernment tonight and that uh, they could come up with an answer and a solution so that she can return home. Lord, we love our pastor. We love Miss Brenda. We're so thankful for their faithfulness for all these years, for their uh, guidance, for the love that they have for you and for people. Pray that you'd use uh, him tonight as he uh, opens the word and that it would minister to us and that, Lord, we would change as a result. Lord, we love you. We thank you now in Christ's name. Amen. And
0: remain seated as we sing The Old Rugged Cross, page 56, if you need your books.
2: on amen. Well, good to see everybody back. i I'm not going to lie, it was difficult. It was like 85 degrees. I know, it was tough. It was tough. Mm-hmm. It was difficult. And a matter of fact, leaving for work this morning, I so forgot that I was back in Ponca and I walked out to the car and immediately turned back around. And had to get my pullover going. Oh, it's, it's not warm anymore. That's right. Forgot about that. Well, good to see you all. We were with Brother Michael Jones. How many remember Brother Jones? Preached for us. Yeah, one of my favorite preachers and did a couple's retreat. Enjoyed that and uh, was able to come back. Uh, good church there, really, uh, just like Central Baptist. Uh, of course, you're better. I mean, there's no debate about that. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's that close. Uh, but uh, really, same style churches, good stuff. You get a good chance to visit out there. Uh, they're a blessing, definitely so. So appreciate your prayers there. Good to be back, though. Always good to be home and uh, just um, see what God's doing for sure. Now, a couple other announcements uh, we want to give as well. Um, pray for Pastor, uh, well, Northeast Baptist Church, Pastor Larry Nye passed away. And uh, he pastored there for over 30 years. We were just talking about that. Known him for a long time. Great guy, seriously. And uh, so his funeral is Friday. So uh, that surprised me. Heard that today. Uh, obviously, uh, we, we know he loves the Lord. He's in heaven and uh, not a big debate about that. But uh, pray for the family, you know, in the church there. That's a difficult thing. Like I said, he's really put a lot of time in there. So Pastor and I, this coming Friday, uh, I know they'd ap- appreciate that. And then... Uh, Kyle and Kayla, uh, finally, good news, uh, they finally got to adopt a child. And uh, so we're excited about that. We got, the, of course, Gideon. What did you name him? Gideon Waterloo White. And uh, I don't have my glasses on. I'm so sorry. Let let me get that. So close. Actually, it is true, though. They did name him after me, Gideon William. That's my middle name. I know you know that, okay, because it's Gideon Williams, so it was similar. Uh, Gideon William White, born Saturday, February 18th, 1158. So let's give him congratulations. you got to get back there and see Gideon. Yeah, good. we've not seen him yet. We heard, but we were traveling, and uh, so we haven't got to see him yet. Is he there by you? Is that right? It's empty? Seriously, again... (laughs) I mean, somebody check the car, check the car, so excited for them, congratulations, and uh, so, uh, yeah, that's just good, good stuff, so uh, it's been a good week, and God doing some neat things there, so we praise the Lord for that, definitely, so we're going to be in the book of Proverbs, and also, uh, well, we're going to embarrass Josh, you've been in church a long time, so it doesn't bother me a bit, uh, Josh and Stacy, their family, and I can't remember the son's name, Dakota, Dakota? okay, Dakota, and there's like five others, right? There's a family of six, of course, back there, but uh, visiting from over in Enid, but, uh, you know, I, I know he's a guest, so he probably didn't feel like he should say anything, but he retired. Was it today, is that right, or yesterday? It was yesterday. Retired from the military yesterday. So he's, I know, he's a free man. And uh, so, amen, that's right. So, so good to have you visiting with us. If you've not met them yet, get, go by and say hello. They've been here for several weeks, and, but good to have you here. And congratulations on that. That's a big milestone, definitely. So now he's in civilian life. So I'm not sure how to pray now. You know, so, but we want to pray for them. But uh, Proverbs chapter 26, if you would. Proverbs 26, where we're going to be at. And uh, another practical lesson. And I like Proverbs. Uh, I knew when we got into it, there'd be a lot of practical lessons. And I think we need that, that aspect. I think often we forget that uh, God not only saves us, but he gives us great direction on how to navigate through this life. And uh, he does, he answers our problems, he answers our questions. They're there, if we'll get into it, if we'll read it. And uh, we believe that, we really do. And so we're at Proverbs 26, let's go ahead and stand. And uh, those rare times in Proverbs where you have multiple verses that uh, do kind of coincide together, we're going to read down to verse 12, and the Bible says, as snow in summer, and as rain and harvest, so honor is not seemly for a fool. And, and basically, these 12 verses are given a comparison of the fool. As a bird by wandering, as a swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. A whip for the horse, a bridle for the ass, and a rod for the fool's back. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou also be like unto him. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. He that sendeth a message by the hand of a fool cutteth off the feet. And drinketh damage. The legs of the lame are not equal, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. As he that bindeth a stone in a sling, so is he that giveth honor to a fool. As a thorn goeth up into the hand of a drunkard, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. Then it says, The great God that formed all things both rewardeth the fool and rewardeth the transgressors. And as a dog returneth to his vomit, very hard one to read, so a fool returneth to his folly. And then the Bible says, seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There's more hope of a fool than him. Thank you, may be seated. Well, obviously, the theme is a fool. And uh, I think we could preach, obviously, we don't want to be a fool. And I've been at Central Baptist Church long enough to know, praise the Lord, uh, I don't minister to a lot of fools. And uh, so in that aspect, uh, there's great warnings there. So if you're leaning in that direction, you want to reread those verses big time. What's caught my attention are probably the most popular two verses there four and five. And the Bible says, answer a fool and answer not a fool. And, uh, and I tell you why that, that's significant. Uh, I want to talk tonight about learning how to give an answer, an appropriate answer. Uh, even though we're not fools, we don't want to be fools, we live in a world full of fools. Uh, we see that from the description all around us. And we are going to have to navigate that and deal with that. Without a doubt, our leader, Jesus Christ, uh, gives us the greatest examples. As I was studying this, I could not help but think about his life. Most of his life, um, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, religious leaders spent their time trying to trip him up. How would you like to live and your whole life, people are against you and trying to trip you up? So they would formulate questions. These theologians would get together and uh, they would formulate questions and they would purposely be difficult. Scenarios that would put them in a difficult, no matter how he answered, or should I say this way, they would, when you're talking about debate, you want to look at every angle. So I can imagine these guys getting together and no different than we would and they're going to debate a topic so they bring up something and say, hey, let's ask him this question. When you do that, you're then going to think about the different angles. Well, what if he says this? Well, now we got him here. What if he says this? We have him here. And they would design questions that would create fraction, friction within the group and then they would have an answer that it's almost like there's no matter what he says going to be wrong. The problem was he's God. So everything they thought of, he thought of something different. He would never answer the way they thought. It was never just a yes or no. And we've been through those sermons, so you know I love that stuff. But he would always come up with an answer. You know, like they're saying, hey, is it, is it okay to divorce your wife for every cause? And it's like he doesn't even answer that directly. He goes into this discourse, going back to the Old Testament and, and explaining things. And when he's all done, they're all like, oh. I don't think we should ask any more questions. You know why? Because, I mean, they get ripped up every single time. And, and I love that. Uh, and He would answer them and He would go into it. But then you come to the crucifixion. You go to Pilate in the book of John and Pilate asks Him, are you the Son of God? Are you the one? And the Bible says He's silent. He's silent. They're attacking Him. They're railing on Him. He doesn't say a word. And I'm always amazed. It's like, well, wait, wait a minute, I'm over here you said something. But over here you don't say a word. Well, you come to Proverbs chapter 24 and the answer is right in front of us. In verse four and five it says, answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou also be likened to him. And then answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. And from this illustration, the illustration of Christ, I want to hopefully help us out just a little bit of learning how to give an answer. I think it's important that we know how to give an answer and I'm gonna break this really into Kind of three different responses or categories uh when we're talking about giving an answer we're going to talk about number one uh what to respond number two when to respond and number three how to respond and uh and we're going to kind of follow that that pattern there uh you're going to be asked a lot of questions in your life you're going to be put maybe on the spot throughout your life and the question is going to be well hey do i respond do i not respond and all that kind of stuff but i think before we get to that i think the key thing is you have to know what to respond in each situation now let me explain i know we don't know everything so don't take that farther than it needs to go i mean if you're going to come up to me and Corey's going to come up and say hey pastor i've got a problem with my truck and what do you think about this i don't have an answer and i don't feel bad that i don't have an answer i'm like travis is right next to you go ask him okay that's how that's going to go in other words that's not my field of expertise you know what i'm saying if there's a medical situation, we've got nurses here and so forth, and uh, maybe Ms. Francis, who's taught a lot as well, and I don't know if Ms. Suzette's here, and we've got many others. And So maybe you have a medical question, I'm going I'm to look at you, and I'm going to smile and say, you should be talking to that woman right there. Why? It's not my field. However, we're not talking about things out of our field. Tonight we're talking about what do you believe about religion? What do you believe about your faith? And in that context, we find here we have to know how to give an answer. When you go to 1 Peter 3, which we're going to be at here in just a minute as well, the Bible tells us we are to be ready to give an answer to every man. And we see a theme throughout Scripture about giving answers and being ready to give an answer and what that means. Matter of fact, I wrote down just a plethora of verses along that line. We didn't read all of them to you, but I've got them here. The Bible says in Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turneth away wrath. Proverbs 15.23, a man hath joy by the answer of his mouth. Uh, Proverbs uh, 16 one, the preparations of the heart and man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord and then it goes down to Proverbs 27 my son be wise and make my heart glad that I may answer him that reproaches me so in other words we see even in the New and Old Testament this philosophy of, hey, there's a time where you have to be ready to give an answer so so in that context we're gonna start here whether you answer or not here's the key are you ready you have to have an answer you have to have an answer When it comes to what we believe, I believe every Christian ought to have answers for who you are in Christ and what you believe. I really do. Now, we're going to explain when to give those answers here in a minute, but you should have an answer. I heard Brother Matt's sermon Sunday night. We always listen to the sermons when we're gone. I know he went through some of this, and and he's exactly right. Uh, the reality of it, we have to know. We have to know what we believe. And he gave some illustrations, so I'm not going to repeat that. But, but he is right in the, the context there, that because we are believers and we know Jesus Christ, and, and I think the longer that we're in it, we have to have a skill set. Uh, and again, I, I don't want to take it too far. It's not like you have to have everything memorized. And you may not be able to quote every verse and take somebody exactly there. But there ought to be enough depth in you that you know what we believe. You, you know about salvation and the virgin birth and you know baptism and Lord's supper. The, these things that we practice, you're like, hey, I've got some some knowledge of it. And if I am in a conversation with somebody, I can articulate. And wait a minute, more than just ask the preacher. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's times for that. There's times you're like, I, I've expelled what I know on the topic. I'm solid about what I know. And now you're asking me a little bit deep, mm, call Brother Leonard or Brother Waterloo. You know, and I'm like, hey, that, no, that's great. But I think there's too often that where it's just like, I don't know. Well, you've been to church 20 years. You don't know? You've been to church 10 years? I mean, you don't know anything about the rapture? I mean, seriously, there's some topics you ought to know because why? You love Jesus. And if you don't, you're going to have to get better in it. So I think we begin here, we have to be able to articulate. If I were to ask Brother Mike, hey Mike, and I, I think he's brought up too, but you know, like, why are you a Baptist? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I don't know. I mean, you ought, you ought to be able to articulate that. And you may just say something like this, well, I believe our doctrines are, well, well what doctrines? Well, again, not like you have to give all a list of 20 or 30 or whatever doctrines, but it's like. Well, no, no, well, because we believe these particular things and can't lose your salvation and, and what we believe in the King James Bible and what we believe about, you know, eternal security and the rapture and we start going through some distinctions about separation and we, we have some distinct things we believe. And so, so I'm articulating that. That's just kind of a surface thing, but I, I know that, you know, and now if I gotta go deeper, I'll go a little deeper, but I, at least I can talk about it. Not only do I know it, I, I know Why? I hope you're getting to the point. Man, if you're a new believer, man, it's great to follow and learn. And man, you heard the preacher say it, say it so that's what I believe. That's good for a while. It's kind of like raising kids. Okay, when the kids are little, I know it's a different generation. I, I, I know who I'm speaking to, but it's okay. But seriously, when kids were little, I, I, I didn't take a lot of time to explain why at two and three and four. You say, why? Well, don't ask me why. We just went through that. No, but really, I I, I did. I mean, it's not like we never did. But it's not like I'm explaining everything to a two-year-old or a three-year-old on everything. It's probably going to be short, like, hey, don't touch that socket. It can burn you. The boys never stopped and said, what is burning? And we go through a long discourse. What is electricity? No, it's just like, don't touch it. Okay? Now, as they got older, and they're really, I don't know what, maybe four or five, we have a whole lot of instruction. There was a whole lot, but we, we did way more instructing. But early on, it was just like, hey, you just need to do that because, are you ready? I'm bigger than you, okay? Oh, I don't think you should say that. I did, okay? I'm the dad. I want you, why do you want me to sit there? Just sit there, okay? Because that's what I want you to, it's, it's that simple. Now, there is a level of just following. No, seriously, there is a level of following. But then there comes a point where to transfer our faith, I, I did want our boys to know why. No, I didn't want them, it wasn't just, hey, do this, because I said so. It was like, hey, here's why we do this. This is what the Bible says. This is what we believe. There's this transfer. I would hope now that the way they're living right now, that, that they would know what they believe and why, and not just, we've just always done it this way. Okay, see, that's what I'm talking about. The what, to give an answer is, I can't always be there with you. Seriously, I can't always stand there. You're at work, and and it's like, oh, that's a good question. I wish pastor was here. No. You've got to be able to say, well, as a Christian, we don't do this. As a Christian, we believe in morality. As a Christian, yeah, yeah, we don't drink, and and we're not cussers, and uh, we don't do certain things. We're we're believers, and and here's why. And, And here's what we believe about heaven and Here's what we believe. We do believe in hell and, and not the way you always use the word. Okay? And, 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 and yeah, we take some moral stands. And, and yes, believe it or not, we, we do oppose homosexuality like we do all other immorality. And, and we don't have a problem with that. And You see what I'm saying? I, I can articulate that. And I'm not doing it mean and I'm not ugly about it. I'm just like, here's what, I know what the Bible says about it. So I'm also not tripped up by it. So I, I, I'm trying not to belabor this point, but can I tell you? You can't answer something you don't know anything about. So when you're a young believer, I get it. You just got saved, it's going to take you a while. But folks, you got to get to a point, if we're saying Christianity is the center of my life, and you have all these social issues and life issues out there, we got to do better than just, "Ah, that's just what I was told. There's got to be some conviction in here. Because I'm telling you, if you don't have a conviction and knowledge of what you believe and why, they'll change you out there. No, they will change you out there. So he says, answer not a fool according to his folly. Then he says, answer. So number one, I just want you to understand, we're going to talk about, we need to have answers. So that is the first point. Throughout scripture, we need to have answers. Number two, though, so when to respond. Interesting in this Proverbs 26, four and five. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou also be likened to him. So we have this command saying, hey, hey, don't answer a fool, really the way that he's coming at you. Then he turns around the next verse, however, answer full according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. You read that, you're like, we have a contradiction in the word of God. But it's really not. And here's why. There is a time and place for everything. So once you know what you believe, I know this may surprise you, but even as your pastor, I don't insert myself into every conversation. I don't jump into every debate. You say, why? Because there's a time to answer foolish things and there's a time not to. And in my ministry, I've just learned that. Oh, I know what I believe, and I'm confident what I believe. But there's a time, and we're going to walk through that. First of all, I want to show you when not to. When not to. I'll give you the obvious one first. How's this? You want know me I mean? Just say it. You guys want to say it in unison or anything, but social media. I'm going to help you real quick. Now, don't take this wrong. Just like anything, there's a time to answer on social media, believe it or not. Because why? The principle is there's a time for everything. So I'm not going to dogmatically say, because I don't have a biblical precedent for this, to say, if you ever answer on social media, that you're wrong. I'm not. I'm just going to tell you, that's probably the most obvious one you better be careful on. Now, I've watched this for years, and I'm just telling you, I've seen it go nowhere. Uh, I've been on there, and watched people debate Calvinism to the hill. And it's like, it's just a never-ending cycle, circle that goes on and on and on, and there's no fruit. There's no fruit that seems to come of it. I've watched people get into big arguments. I'm just telling you, I personally, on social media, do not know anybody. I'm not saying it's not happened. I'm talking about my realm of influence. I don't know anybody that I've ever talked to, and even another pastor, that has gotten in a social media argument or fight uh, that has changed somebody's opinion. I don't know any, but I know a whole lot on social media that has created a firestorm that's hard to put out. It's created confusion and argument and division And I'm like, that's not the place for it, folks. By the way, this is this is free. It's not the place for your family disputes. You think you're coding it? You're not. Matter of fact, you put just enough out there for the people you want to hear it to get it. You're kind of jabbing them. Well, guess what? The rest of us, we're not as dumb as you think. And so when you put that out there, it's not permanent. And, folks, you got lost people, unbelievers watching this kind of stuff. And you got Christians fighting with Christians and all this kind of stuff. So, number one, I think when you're looking at when to respond, because uh, the Bible says, answer not a fool, then answer. Number one, there's a time not to respond. And number two, under this one, not to respond, I want to give you some verses here. Um, if you want to turn to 1 Timothy 1, you can. We're going to uh, read a couple verses there. I'm, I'm going to quote to you uh, Titus 3 9. But the Bible says this, but avoid foolish questions and genealogies, and contentions, and strivings about the law, for they're unprofitable and vain. Then in 1 Timothy 1, says, verse 4, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which do minister questions, rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Now over in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16 and verse 23, it says this, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase into more ungodliness. And then verse 23, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. So in other words, you you see the context there. He says, hey, if you're getting into an argument on social media or even in in a group and the intent of there is just to argue and fight, can I tell you, don't do it. Answer, not a fool according to his folly. A couple of years ago, I was sent a couple of messages uh, over a conflict that took place that became... Little public here in Ponca City. And what you're probably not aware of is people would message me or email me because our church emails online. And uh, they wanted to know my position on um, homosexuality and why we hated people uh, and so forth. And uh, I never responded to one. Not because I don't know what I believe. But the whole intent of those was nothing but to get in an argument and a fight because you were not changing my mind because I had the biblical basis. Very clear. Had somebody come in, sit down, talk to me, wanted more information on it. I gave that person more information but refused to get into an argument and debate why. The Bible is clear. Our position has been clear for generations. No, generations. And when I I completely looked at the intent that they wanted to fight, I'm like, I'm not here to fight people on that topic. No, that, that's not our, per- that, our goal. That's not what we stand for. I, what I saying? That's not our main goal. Our main goal is people get saved. No, that's what we're here for. Now, I don't avoid those things, but I'm saying, and I'm not going to change those things, and we're not going to step down from those things, but that's, that's not our platform. My, my platform isn't moral issues. Our world's messed up in many moral ways. I mean, lots of moral ways, not just one moral way. Are you kidding me? I can go on and on about all the immorality that God says, this is wrong, this is sin. And we want to highlight one. I'm like, no, no, I'm not making that my platform. And if you really want to know about it, like the person that came in and asked me, I'll open up the Bible and show you. Because they had a genuineness. i I'd like some more verses on this. I'm like, you betcha. Uh, come on in. But I'm not going on email and messenger and, and online and getting into a fight about this. Why? Because it's foolishness, the Bible says. It's empty. Nothing's going to be changed. And that's what I'm talking about. Sometimes we jump on stuff like this. I'm saying, hey, I want to help you real quick. You have to know what you believe and be ready to answer. But you have to know when to do it. And it's going to take some prayer and discernment and some wisdom. Matter of fact, it's better. If you have a feeling like I probably shouldn't say it, you probably shouldn't say it. I mean, it's that simple. That doesn't mean you agree or you're backing down. You don't understand. I I give this illustration. Some of you are new, but my most famous illustration on this is of course, at Starbucks. You've heard it probably a dozen times, but there's new people, Stacy, so they're going to hear it again, okay? And uh, I'm just harassing her. And, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm standing in line. It's been, it's been years ago. And in public, which I don't, I don't normally address these things, but uh, a lady standing there in Starbucks yells for whatever reason, well, the Bible's just not true. You can't trust it. I'm like, you've you got to be kidding me. And normally, again, I, I'm not going to say anything. Uh, but this time I'm like, i, I, I got to say something. <laughs> and I wasn't mean or anything, but there's like four or five people in front of me, and I don't know, I'm number five or six, and I just kind of step out of line and go, actually, that's not true. There's actually no errors in it. And everybody just kind of stopped. And again, no argument, no fight. I wasn't mean and, and everything. She goes, oh, oh. And I was like, well, has anybody ever shown you one or do you know of one no I've just heard that I go oh yeah you'll hear that sometimes but it's not true got back in line (laughs) that was it that's probably a decade ago that lady hugs me every time I go in there no to this day she calls me pastor will come running over to me and go pastor how you doing give me a hug and I'm like I'm fine how are you (laughs) And I recognize, ah, yeah, it's Starbucks lady, you know. But I wasn't mean about it, and I wasn't going to get in an argument. I, I literally just made a statement, which goes us to the next point. There's a time to speak up. So when do you speak up? Well, I looked up scripture. I'm like, so when do you speak up? When to respond? Proverbs 19:25 came to mind. Proverbs 19:25, and I'm like, going to lie, it's a difficult thing in this practical lesson, and I'm not going to say you're always going to get it right. I think we look at some of these things and realize, I don't think a public forum of debate and argument is, is, is the best. We see that through history and even through Scripture. Uh, but, but I think here there is a time to respond. And Proverbs nineteen twenty five says, smite a scorner. Now look at this. And the simple will beware. And reprove one that hath understanding, and he will understand knowledge. In Proverbs 21, 11, similar. When the scorner is punished, the simple is made wise. And when the wise is instruction, instructed, he receiveth knowledge. And here's what I looked at. Even when I was in line, the thought that came to me is that statement is propagated all the time by people who are lost. You can't trust the Bible. There's errors in the Bible. I mean, it's just something they've heard. And, and I'm going to be honest, in my ministry, I, I've not had anybody yet. And again, my realm of influence, people I know. I've never had anybody, if you take your Bible in, in a kindness and say, man, really, I, I've never found anything. Could you show me one? Nobody's ever been able to do that. Now, I'm not saying there's people out there that, from an apologetic standpoint, don't study that and try to do that, kind of like the scribes and the Pharisees. Well, of course. But I mean, in the, the average normal realm, outside of academia, people who are trying to do that on purpose, the average person is like, I, I, I don't know. Why? Well, I heard that from Paul, and he heard from Betty, and Betty heard from Larry. and You know why you heard that? Because they don't want to get into the Word of God because then they're, they're accountable to God. And so you're lost, and you don't want to be accountable to God, so you throw out stuff like, hey, there's errors in it, so how can you trust it? But you've never studied it. So in that, sometimes things have to be said, because why? Simple. Ready? There's kids standing around. There's kids standing around, you think, I'm going to let somebody say, hey, Jesus isn't God. Mm. Actually, he is. Why? Simple. No no, no one's going to stand up? No one's going to say anything? Well, in those situations, I'm not going in for a debate and an argument, but I'm going to make a statement to stand up for Jesus Christ when there are simple. Now, if it's just a whole bunch of people that are in contention, we already read those, vain babblings, arguments, I'm out. And don't take it right. It's not that you can't go toe-to-toe with them. There's just no benefit. And so at the end of the day, if there's no benefit, why, why are we doing it? And that's what Paul was trying to get across. Multiple times he said, why are we doing this, folks? Now, some of you, you like debate and like argument. When I was in school, of course, as a preacher, we love debate. That's just fun. And you get into those, some of you, you listen to those debate shows. You love when they get after each other and they start arguing and fighting and everything. Uh, but I'll be honest, I end up turning it. Because I'm like, as soon as you get done, I'd like to get some substance. Okay, seriously. I'll be on my radio. I listen to a couple guys, some sports guys. And uh, there's one group in particular. It's like every segment, we're going to get an argument. Every single segment. Uh, if you listen to sports, you probably know who they are. And I always have to literally turn it off. They're not cussing or anything. I'm just like, we're not going anywhere. You're wasting my time. I'm getting no information. It's just emptiness. I'd rather listen to something else. The fact of the matter is, folks, there is a time to speak up. Now, I want to give you one last thing. You have to know what to say. You have to know when to say it. But when you look at this, you talk about answering a fool, not answering a fool. The last thing that I notice is how to say it. And again, we don't have time for everything, but I want to give you just some thoughts about how to say it. Would you turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 3? I told you we'd be over in 1 Peter, so I want you to turn over there. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. The Bible says, in verse 15 and 16, "...but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts." This is a verse most people have heard, "...and be ready always to give an answer to every man, that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers..." And by the way, they will. It's like, you've done something wrong and evil. They may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation or behavior in Christ. And, and I love that he says, them that ask you a reason of the hope that is within you. So when someone's genuinely asking, you, know, why do you go to church? And why are you a Baptist? And why, why do you believe in God? and you, you ought to have an answer for that. But even when you're giving an answer of somebody that maybe is of a different faith or belief, and you're talking to somebody that uh, doesn't agree with you, and they, they've got their arguments, and they're bringing up scriptures, and the Bible's like, well, now, how do you respond to that person? And very clearly, he uses two things here. He says meekness and fear. A matter of fact, if you go back up to verse 9 of the same chapter, jump up just a little bit. Verse 9, since we're there, we'll take a look at it. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrariwise blessing, knowing that ye thereunto are called, that ye should inherit a blessing. Now, isn't it true? When somebody rails on you, don't you want to rail back? Oh, come on, It's natural. If I start picking on your favorite sports team and you know mine, oh, you know what's coming. Oh, you know, man. I'm digging at you and your, your mind's going, oh, yeah, well, your team's not so good either. You know, and you're going to think about that and throw it back. It's fun to listen to OU, OSU people. I mean, literally all the OSU fans, I don't, I don't know if anybody doesn't say this, OU has the worst fans ever. I expected several amens right there. I, I was very shocked at that. But then when you reverse that, <laughs> And uh, talk to the OU fans, like, oh, I can't stand OSU fans. And I'll listen to this and go, this is fun. This is fun. I mean, it's just, it's just the way people think. In other words, you kind of dig at each other. And the Bible knows that, now that's even talking about marriage. You can kind of get into marriage and dig at each other. You said this to me, I'll say this back to you. And the Bible says, don't render evil for evil or railing for railing. Now listen, it's a natural instinct. If you hit me, I want to hit you back. Now, I may not hit hard, but I still want to do it. Yeah, I, seriously. Just be honest. I mean, it's a natural reflex. You yell at me, I want to yell back. You call me a name, I got a name for you. I mean, the Bible saying, no, 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 don't do that. So here's a natural thing. Okay, when you're getting into this argument and you're explaining your faith, here's what you do. Are you ready? You explain your faith in meekness and in fear. What? I'm supposed to be scared of my faith? That's not what it means. First of all, meekness, humility. You know that. Hey, you know, I love talking to people that know what they believe. And we oppose each other. Uh, one of my favorite stories, I went out to California and preached uh, youth camp years ago. And they kind of a set group of speakers. Um, but that year, for some reason, there was a conflict with a speaker who came every year. Every single year that speaker came. Uh, and it was a kind of a weird connection. It was my, um, I guess it would be junior teacher. So I wasn't even in high school yet. So I would have been like fifth, sixth grade teacher. He was an um, ex-Navy SEAL from San Diego, California. Didn't know how impressive that was until later on I grew up. Then I'm like, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> you know, Special Forces guy was teaching my Sunday school class. He literally helped me memorize the Word of God got me excited about it. And uh, so I remember that. Well, somehow he kept up with me. I and mean, we didn't keep in contact. But I remember all of a sudden, years ago, getting a phone call. And I do youth camps in the summer. And he said, hey, John, uh, hey, would, would you mind, uh, his name was Roger, would you, would you mind coming out to California? And uh, first of all, I'm like, who's this? He tells me, I'm like, no way. And he's like, yeah, I'm running youth camps now. And I'm like, this ex-Navy SEAL is now dedicating his life to run youth camps. And he goes, we normally have a speaker, and they're gone, and I'd love for you to come and speak to our youth camp. So I go out there, and um, first of all, he's understand saying, what they say about California being liberal, there's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> so I walk out looking like this. I come onto campus in my suit in California at a youth camp, and uh, I stood, stood out like a sore thumb. And as soon as I walked on, they go, oh, You must be the speaker. I'm like, How'd you know? That is so good. And then I saw everybody. That's how they know. Okay, I gotcha. You know, and uh, so I, pre- I, I it was a great week, a you know, small camp. The music guy, though, and, and i try to use the term, in my realm, uh, they're independent Baptists, but I, I call it, you would use maybe the word liberal. I, I would use the word really progressive, okay? So a style of music, Lord willing, you'll never see at Central Baptist Church, okay? For me, definitely, the next pastor, I mean, that, that's not happened. We've never even had it here historically. I'm gonna help you with this, okay? So it's music, we're like going, oh, not in the house of God. And I mean, it was a party, okay? And we're at camp and I'm standing up there looking at my notes and I'm already out of place. And, and all of a sudden the music started and I'm like, Well, wow, okay. I, I mean, it wasn't just, That's a little different. I mean, you have that. You know, everybody has a different style. I mean, it, you think of rock and roll, and I mean, they're partying, folks. And there's not an exaggeration. There's not me being judgmental. Of, uh, I mean, it's out there. I'm like, oh my goodness. And uh, I, I just never forgot that. Well, um, it ends up, I'm in the same cabin with the music guy. <laughs> it's a fun week. <laughs> and I got to tell you something. We did not see I die. Uh literally we'd enter the cabin, I go, Hey, how's my liberal friend doing? So he goes, How's Mr. Conservative? <laughs> and uh, but I will tell you, we sat, we talked all week long. I never changed his position, gotta tell you, we never yelled, we never ta- he was a brother in Christ. He loved Jesus. And I believe I believe he did. But we were on opposite spectrums in this realm. And um, but what I appreciated is we could have conversations without yelling, screaming, attacking, being mean. And we just talked like this. It was a conversation. I still respect that to this day. I do. Uh, we'd even open up the Word of God, talk about verses and stuff, and what we believed and why, and why, like, our church was going this direction and why I opposed the, the direction that they were going. And, and we, we had good, seriously, and I was like, matter of fact, we went back a couple years later. The church had a 50th anniversary. And um, of all the people there, this huge church, run about 1,000, and we're guests coming back of everybody there. Him and his wife were literally the only couple uh, that spent any time with us. And he knew my position. He knew my stand. I knew his. He comes up, gave me a big uh, handshake and then a hug. Hey Pastor Ronald, it's so good to see you. Genuine. And I'm like, I respect that. In meekness and fear, fear deals with an awe a respect. When we're Debating people of different faiths. Let me sum all this up for you. Folks, I have to tell you something. You have to remember that some people are where they're at because that's all they've known. That's all they've known. Let's just be honest. You come into our place and start bashing Baptists, what type of response are you going to get? Uh, believe it or not, I, I know I have a reputation um, that is otherwise, but uh, the truth is I don't go into people's homes and, and I don't bash Catholics and I don't bash Mormons, and, and I don't bash. I do bash what they believe. I, I will argue what they believe in very serious areas. I will preach that. But I'll go walking into a Catholic's house. Matter of fact, I, I mean, I, I've had the privilege of leading Catholics to the Lord with their Bible. And sitting there, they're saying, Well, that's your Bible. It's not mine. I'm like, Well, we'll give me yours. And taking their Bible and just going through the Rummers Road with them and them accepting Jesus Christ. Say, This is your Bible. This is what your Bible says right here. I'm going to walk into somebody with a different faith, different religion, and even though we fully disagree, fully disagree, I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to show them in the Word of God. I've had them get pretty mad at me, but I'm not yelling at them. I'm going to respect their house. I'm going to respect them as a person. But I want you to understand something: I don't assume. I don't I just assume that they're the bad guy. Now don't take this wrong. I, we don't agree. But when you're talking about answering here, the Bible says, "Answer not a fool according to his folly." Don't be like him. Well, what's like him? Don't be attacking. Don't be demeaning. Don't be rude. You said that's not how we do things, folks. That's not how Christ did things. You don't attack people, but you're almost not changing who I am. Well, then how, how do you talk to them? In meekness, in humility, confidence of what you believe and knowing what you believe and explaining that to them, but not being mean about it. And so when I look at these two verses and we start summing it up now into answer not a fool and then answer a fool. How do I do that? With, with a reverence and an awe and, and, and the fear of God and a respect for them and, and just a humility, I, I, I present to them Jesus and the Word of God and let them make a decision. And I, and I quit assuming that because they're in a particular religion that they're my enemy, <laughs> okay? Now, they, they need Jesus like everybody does, but I assume maybe they grew up that way. All they've known is whatever movement you want to pick. That's all they've known. So if you grew up Mormon, what are you going to believe? So if I'm yelling at you, i mean at you, I'm attacking you? No, I'm gonna say, you know, I'll be honest, what I do is I stick to the book. Stick to the book. And often they'll ask me questions, and sometimes I'll deflect. So Tom's like, well, what do you believe about coffee? Mormons aren't supposed to drink coffee. Another reason why I'm not a Mormon. But, anyways, uh, <laughs> it's a joke, in case you don't know me. But, anyways. Um, but no, here's what, here's what I'm going to do. It's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a funny one. Hey, let's talk about this. That's a side note that really doesn't matter. I don't care whether you drink coffee or not. You know, that, that don't matter. I'm not even going to get in a debate with that person on that. I've had people ask me specific things along that line that I consider. That's vain babbling. It doesn't really matter. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about his book. Let's open the book. You want to tell me about your doctrines? Show me. Show me what you believe and why. And I will open up and show you in a nice conversation. Expecting that showing you respect and you showing me respect, it's going to take time. My dad, witnessed to a charismatic, for three years at work. Three years. He told me the story that uh, his charismatic friend who was saved, knew he was saved, believed he could lose his salvation. They shared scripture verses for three years in California. I mean, it wasn't every day, but as it come up throughout the week... Dad was showing verses, the other guy had other verses. Dad was showing verses, the other guy had other verses. They didn't attack each other. They didn't call each other names. When Dad got called in the ministry and we decided to move to Springfield, Missouri, it was somewhere in there. Dad would know the story better, but uh, somewhere within a month before he left, his friend came up to him and he said, you know what, Brother Stanley? You're right. You're right. You can't lose your salvation. But he'd been integrated in that since he was a kid instead of dad just checking him off ignoring him, treating him rude or ignorant or getting on social media my buddy's an idiot you know I mean he just loved him Um, continued to have the conversations and it took the guy three years I love that why? because there is a time to answer there's a time to be quiet and some of you need to learn that And there's a time to speak up, and some of you need to learn that. And when you do, when you do, make sure you know what you believe. Oh, you're not going to be a a pro or expert. But do some study. Know what you believe and why. And never be afraid of this. I uh, witnessed to a Jehovah's Witness for almost three years. I was a student, and he was trying to convert me. I was fresh. No, really, 17 years old. We'd have hour, hour and a half discussions at night till 1 o'clock in the morning after work. And he thought, man, I got this young man. But what he did was this. We'd have these discussions. I would then go back to the dorms. I'd open up my Bible and find answers. And a couple days later, here we go again. Never yelling, never fighting. He never changed me. I never changed him. But I learned how to present. And I learned there was a time to present and a time not to present. Um, and I know, different message, but I want to help you tonight. We need to have answers. We need to have answers. So start there. Learn what you believe. Know why. And then develop the skill of knowing when to speak up and when to say, nope. Why? Because there's no benefit. No benefit. I hope you get something out of this tonight. I know these are some practical messages, some teaching messages, but I hope it'll be a benefit to you in some way. Well, let's close with a word of prayer. Lord, we come to you now. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, I know here we, we're not, we don't have people playing the fool, and we thank you for that. And Lord, this passage is telling us how to relate to people who are, who are foolish people who want to argue and debate and ask silly questions and questions that don't matter. You always think of the old one, can God make a rock so big they can't pick it up? Just silliness, just things that make no sense at all. Lord, you tell us to avoid that. But when somebody has a question, Lord, you tell us to answer them. And Lord, then there is a time to speak up. Lest those that are foolish, Lord, are wise in their own conceit, the Bible says there. So Lord, give us discernment of when to be quiet and when to speak up. But Lord, definitely help us to know this, Lord, that before that time comes, that we would know who we are in you, we would know what we believe, and we'd be able to at least articulate it to the best of our ability. Help our great church, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the salvations and the people growing, Lord, and just the heart and spirit of the church. We thank you for that, Lord, and we know that's from you, and we pray that continues strong. And Lord, help us to be meek and respectful to those in our community, Lord, that we disagree with, that we don't see eye to eye on. And Lord, we don't plan on changing because we believe your word. But Lord, I pray Central Baptist Church, we, we won't have the wrong spirit. Lord, I probably should have majored a little bit more on that tonight. But Lord, I, I know that's my heart. I don't want us to have the wrong spirit, uh, Lord, as we're approaching people. That Lord, we don't plan on changing, but, but we want to come across appropriate. Help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you all. We look forward to Sunday and uh, March is upon us. And uh, so look forward to that. So Lord, bless you all.